Tonight, I'm going to be talking about the cross where wrath and love met. The merging point of God's wrath and God's love. And our key scripture will be from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from the verse 17 towards the end. So I want you to take notice of that. Now, when we say the cross, within the cross, we see the heart of the living God and the heart of the Christian faith. Within the cross, that is where we locate the heart of God. And also, we locate the heart of Christianity. Because, as we have said before, the cross is the most important doctrine in the Bible. If you take the entire Bible, the most important doctrine is the cross. That borders on Jesus' crucifixion, his death, his burial, resurrection ascension and the future return if you take this element out of christianity we almost have nothing to lean on we almost have no foundation so let the cross be so important to you and and as i introduce on the cross you're going to find the wrath of God and going to find the love and the mercy of God that they matched. You know, there are people who hear about, about grace, who hear about the finished work of Christ on the cross and it sounds so simplistic to the point of rejecting it or ignoring it. Often you hear somebody preach on grace, and then others who say maybe he has watered down the gospel. All right, and I'll come to all that. I'll come to all that. All right, but I want you to know from Romans chapter 3, verse 23, and first John 1 8 that indeed all have sinned and rebelled against god all of humanity have sinned and then rebel against god and then in romans 3 26 we see that the wages of sin is death the wages of sin is death and the fact that we will give an account of ourselves to God, we will give an account. Everybody, you will give an account of yourself to God. All right? For every sin, there must be an accounting for it. There will be an accounting for it. Okay? So in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 5, we hear that. 
but they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge and pass sentence on the living and the dead. So it's not as if the cross is there to cover anything. No. God is just. God is faithful to his own word. And he's saying that every punishment will be judged. Every, every sin will be, will be judged. Alright? Every sin will be judged. Now, salvation comes only through the cross. Salvation comes only through the cross. Keep that in mind. Because without it, everyone living on earth is lost. Without the cross, where we get salvation, everyone is lost. So if we want to see how seriously God takes sin, we need only to look at the cross. Alright? Now, in John 3.36 John 3.36 I know we, we like John 3.16 but we also have John 3, 36. Okay? It says that, and I'll take from 35 to 36. Alright? Because we cannot understand the measure of God's love without recognizing his wrath. If you know the extent of his wrath, then you also know the extent of his love. Amen. The father loves the son and has given and entrusted all things into his hand. He who believes and trusts in the son and accepts him as savior has eternal life. That is, already possesses it. You already possess when you believe and trust in Jesus, he says that you have an eternal life. Not just that, but you already possess that eternal life. But he who does not believe the Son and chooses to reject him, disobey him, and deny him as a savior, will not see eternal life, but instead. The wrath of God hangs over him continually. The one that rejects Jesus, the one that do not accept Christ, the one that do not believe in him, Bible says that that person has rejected eternal life. And the wrath of God hangs on that person continually. There is no end in sight for such a person. Now, if you read this scripture, it tells you that God doesn't joke at all with rebellion. He doesn't joke with rebellion. You see? And it is important for us to know the extent to which God doesn't joke with rebellion or sin so that when it comes to looking at his love, you can understand it better. You see, a father at home who doesn't rebuke the children 
all right who doesn't rebuke his children the children will not even know how much that father loves them if there's a father at home all he does is he smiles at them and the children doesn't know that this is the consequences of a certain action they don't know if they do that thing and the father comes in and says no problem the children wouldn't know to what extent their father has forgiven them let's say the children are supposed to to maybe sleep at a certain time they are students and by 8 p.m they must be asleep if the children don't know the consequences and the punishment that is available to them if they stay beyond eight o'clock the day their father comes to meet them after eight watching television and he he, he smiles at them they really understand it but when they know that it is risky to be watching tv after eight and they know the punishment that is awaiting them the moment they hear that their daddy is coming home they start running if for whatever reason they were watching the tv and then they slept and not really and he comes to meet them watching the tv and he wakes them up and he says hello boy get to the bedroom with a nice voice it's like what what has just happened he just patted me and said go to the bedroom and sleep they will love their father they will not, they will go back to school the next morning and say hey boy huh, you can't believe what happened to me yesterday he said what happened to you yesterday hmm, yesterday i was watching the movie and i don't know what happened i slept and old old boy just came and and saw me and and then your friend said do you pull the belts they said oh no 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 he did nothing he just said guy get up and go to the that child will appreciate it what i'm trying to let you know here is that john 3 35 36 tells us the extent to which god has loved his people and given us eternal life and the same verse 36 tells us to what extent it is that when you reject him there is eternal punishment he said, he said continually there will be a punishment waiting for you so let this thing so sink into us and to know that it's not as if god is just a god of love and there's no wrath in him i want you to get a point well established all right so god's wrath is god's intense hatred for sin and not sinners the wrath of god okay is his intense hatred for sin but not for sinners you need to know the difference between these two god hates sin but god do not hate sinners because for god so loved a sinful world for god so much loved a sinful world 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Bible says that whilst we were still living in sin, that was when Christ came to die. So Christ did not come to the world when it was as if everything was okay. Christ did not come to a righteous world. Christ did not come to a world that was perfect. He came to a sinful world. Okay? He hated the sin of the people. But let me say this to you. He never hated the people. He so loved the people. That's why he made the sun come at the time they were sinning. So I want you to take this thing right now for yourself. The Lord doesn't like your sin. But you as a person... He loves you and he's not going to love you any bigger than he, he loves you today. Get that, let that sink into you. God loves you anyway. He loves you while you are still living in that sin. He loved you in that state in which you were. He loved you. So here's an intense hatred for your sin. Bible says in Romans 1 verse 18, for God does not overlook sin. And the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who in their wickedness suppress and stifle the truth. God, this scripture also tells us to what extent does God hate sin? Because Bible says that he's against all unrighteousness and ungodliness. Romans 1.18 shows you that Christianity is not that cheap or that simple as somebody may want to think about it. God hates sin because it destroys. While he gives life, in John 10 10 we realize that he came to give us life the devil came to steal to kill and to destroy but he came to give us life in its abundance so in the same scripture where the devil came to destroy to kill and to steal God also appeared there to the same person the same person that the enemy was stealing was destroying and was killing the same person God was giving them life. Not just life, but life in his abundance. So I announce to you this evening that the devil is there to kill, to steal, and to destroy, but God is in your life to give you life and in his abundance. Not limited life. Not some life, but life in its abundance. Why would you accept what the enemy can do, but you can't accept what God can do in your life? Hallelujah. So, God directed his wrath towards not just the cross, but towards Jesus. When God saw sin, when God saw unrighteousness, and Jesus bore that sin, and Jesus took the sin of mankind, carried it, sent it to the cross, when God saw the sin of humanity, for which he must judge. For which there must be a punishment. When he saw it 
hanging on Jesus on that cross, the wrath of God came not just to the cross, but to Jesus also. The wrath came on Jesus on that cross. Because sin must be punished. And so, he punished that sin. Every sin must be punished. Every sin must be punished. You know? So, in Ghana, when you steal, there's a law that says you must be punished. Recently, I saw a group of prisoners who have been punished, who were in prison, who were passing by a church. And they understand, for whatever reason, they managed to enter into the church. And the pastor of that church asked each of them, what is your punishment for the sin that you committed? And each of them said their punishment. And he said, if I pay this amount of money, my punishment will be revoked. And I'll be free. Now, they had been punished already. They were still paying the punishment for their sin. And each of them said what they wanted. And indeed, that money was paid. Now, the moment the money was paid, the laws of Ghana, Ghana, as sinful as we are as a nation, as sinful as our lawmakers may have been, the laws they made, they made it to the point that as long as that punishment has been satisfied with that monetary consideration, that, that, that guy serving that sentence must be set free. So that's why in court they say we are taking you in for one year or you pay this amount of money and you are free. So if you don't have the money, you go and save your time. But if if a stranger is someone who doesn't even know you comes around the courts and says to the judge your honor I am here to satisfy the bond condition or the punishment given to this person defendant I'm here to pay the judge will not even question where are you coming from why are you the one going to pay for it because you must pay so for everyone who has been who has been judged and is guilty they are simply looking for somebody that will pay for them when you go to our prisons today there are prisoners that if they can get someone to pay for them and release them they would have accepted it and i know somebody is saying in their mind right now well there are certain crimes that you can go and pay money and they'll release you but there are some other crimes also that you can't pay money that no one can take you out of it but you know something but the president of the nation can issue an amnesty and say that this person is guilty but i the president i'm declaring him not guilty take him out and if the president says you are guilty but you are not guilty they will take you out so it tells you that if humans can make laws like this laws that punish crime to be forgiven how much more the father in heaven 
He saw Jesus carrying the debt that he did not owe. Carrying the burdens that were not his burdens. Carrying the sins of humanity. And those sins were my sins. And those sins were your sins. They were your sins of yesterday. They were your sins of today. And your sins of the future. The sins of generations yet unborn. Before we were born, Christ had... See, somebody says, how do you think that God will forgive you of a sin that is in the future? But when Jesus Christ died, I wasn't born. When Christ died and bore that pain, your mother was not even born. So if today you have become a Christian and a believer and you can count on the finished work of the cross of Calvary for your sins of today and yesterday, then I can also tell you that the sins of tomorrow also had been catered for several years ago. The sins have been catered for. The sins have been catered for. This is why God turned away from looking at Jesus. I don't because God does not does not entertain sin. He doesn't. So if you ever think that well, grace is so simple. Grace is not that simple. Somebody paid for it. Someone paid for it with his blood, with his life. Jesus paid for it, and he set you free. You know. So God directed his wrath towards Jesus Christ on the cross. And because of Jesus, God can satisfy both justice and mercy. Because of Jesus, God can satisfy both justice. He's a just God. And he's what? A merciful God. That is where on the cross wrath and love matched over there we saw the justice of god we saw god punishing crime and we saw people that were sinful set free on that cross so on one cross somebody was punished on one cross somebody was set free on that cross we saw justice and mercy we saw wrath and love matched over there and on that cross romans 3 24 to 26 says god has declared us righteous because of christ's righteousness we have been declared as righteous we have been declared as righteous on the cross because you see in 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 law there's something that they call double jeopardy. Meaning that no one person must be punished twice for their sin. No. You can't be punished twice for that sin. So, Jesus paid the price. Nobody can come back and demand it from you. Yes, you know people and I know people who were sent to prison, but the president pardoned them. At the beginning of this year, 2020, our president pardoned lots of people. Around the 6th of March, people were pardoned. If it was your card they stole, 
and were sent to prison, now they have been pardoned. You, you can see them, you can watch them working in your community, you may not even like them, but there's nothing you can do because they have been set free. You can't accuse them again of the car that was stolen because they have satisfied the condition of that sin. So ladies and gentlemen, any time that you try to pay what Christ has already paid or any time that the accuser of the brethren comes to you and point fingers at you that you brother this, you sister that, you, you've done this, you've done that, you've done this, you've done that. You see, the enemy is going to, pay, to punish you twice. And the enemy does not have that right to punish you twice. You must lift up your voice and let the enemy know that, Satan, I understand that the wages of sin is death, but I also know that the gift of God is eternal life. And I've received eternal life from him because he has forgiven me. All my sins are blotted out and I'm free. I'm free from all your control. I'm free from all your accusations. The sins of yesterday, the sins of today, and the sins of tomorrow, Christ has taken hold of them and therefore you have nothing to take out from me. I am free and free forever because of what Christ has done. That is the voice you must speak out to the enemy and let Satan hear it. And Satan knows that if you quote that to him, you are quoting the Bible. You have been set free. You see, the cross is foolishness to some. But life to anyone who places their trust in Jesus Christ. This cross has become foolishness to others. Because as I'm speaking right now, it doesn't make sense to you. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that you tell somebody that the sins you committed, some Jesus somewhere 2,000 years ago paid for it and therefore the person is free. The person is free. That's why if you are living today and you haven't given your life to Christ, it's dangerous. That arm robber that stole from you for which you are never forgiven and you are never free. That arm robber may end up in heaven one day. But you may miss it. Yeah. I've had questions like, so pastor, what happens, you know, somebody who caused, who, who murdered who murdered, murdered an unbeliever who doesn't believe in Jesus and then later on accept Christ. What happens? The unbeliever, where would the unbeliever go? And where would the, would the murderer also go? Who accepted Christ later on? I mean, you can answer that question. I wouldn't answer that question for you. But that's why you must accept Jesus. Yes, somebody who murdered your, your relative is now accepting Jesus Christ. And in fact, it will shock you that they have been pardoned and they have been forgiven. It sounds painful, right? Yeah, that is why it is foolishness unto some. First Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 17. For Christ did not send me as an example to baptize, but commissioned and empowered me to preach the good news of salvation not with clever and eloquent speech as an orator so that the cross of Christ will not be made ineffective deprived of its saving power this is from the amplified bible okay 
For the message of the cross is foolishness, absurd and illogical to those who are perishing and spiritually dead because they reject it. You see, there are some that are so learned, so righteous, so holy, so knowing. There are some who stand right by God's side who don't accept, who don't believe, who don't think that you can be forgiven. So the message of the cross is absurdity to them. It is foolishness to them. But that does not change the gospel. That does not change the finished work of Christ on that cross. It doesn't. You know, and the fact that you may not forgive people is the reason why you are not God. Because if you were God, you forgive people. Anytime you come to the place where you find it very difficult to accept forgiveness, when you come to a place of when it's so difficult for you to forgive others, when it sounds so simplistic for you that the cross can set people free, all that you are doing at that moment is that you are playing God. You will never be God, but you can play God. But God, whose wisdom is above that of humans, he has found reason why he made the cross the symbol of our redemption, the symbol of our punishment, the symbol of our freedom, the symbol of our imprisonment. On that same cross, on that same cross on that day, we saw mercy at place and we saw justice at play within the same cross he gave it to us somebody paid the debt and somebody received freedom on that day it shouldn't be painful to you you should love it and you know when you meet people that find it very difficult to accept the fact that hey so god can easily forgive like that don't think so far just think about jonah jonah when God sent him to Nineveh, he told him, go and tell them to repent because I'm about to destroy the land. So now we know the story. He didn't want to go. Finally, he went and he preached the shortest sermon ever. And after preaching, he knew that these guys will never repent. God will come and destroy them. God is not merciful. And by the time he came back, God said, ah, forgiving them. Say, ah, why would you forgive them? If you knew this is the way, you see, God, I told you, this is the reason why I didn't want to come. You are too merciful. You are too kind. And if you know you forgive them, how come you make me travel all this and be swallowed by this whale and now I've come and then you have just forgiven them? Ah, God says, Jonah, what is wrong with you? I am the Lord. I am not a man. I change of not. I, no one advises me. No one counsels me. I am saying that I have forgiven humanity. What's your business here? I said my only begotten son that whoever believes on him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. I gave out my son. I didn't give out your son. And it's painful to you 
that and the devil goes before God and he's crying, ma, 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 he, and he's hoping, he's hoping, he's hoping, he's hoping. Hey God, look at what you have done. This this son of yours, this daughter of yours, they, they are hoping, they are hoping, and God says, Oh, look at the blood. Look at the blood on the cross. No, you cannot condemn them because that punishment you are talking about has been catered for already. Hallelujah. That punishment you are asking me to impose on my children, that punishment has been paid already. That's why I don't understand people that reject this free gift. You, you sinned. You were supposed to have been nailed. Supposed to have been crucified. Supposed to die to what you did. Then Jesus Christ, who did not have a debt, Bible said that he knew no sin. He that knew no sin became a sin for us that we who were sinners shall become righteous. Then he said, I really accept it. I don't like this free gift. I don't like to be to have freedom. No, how can you reject such salvation? Why would anyone tell me? Do you know any wise person that will reject this salvation? This free gift? Oh no. In this era of lockdown, not people, many people don't reject reject gifts. Hello. In this lockdown era, every gift is accepted. Those you use and those you don't use. But we have a salvation that will be used into eternity. Hallelujah. So Bible says, for the message of the cross is foolishness, absurd and illogical. Illogical. It doesn't make sense. If it doesn't make sense to you right now, I know why. Because it's the gospel. If the gospel makes sense to you so much, it's no more the gospel. To those who are perishing and spiritually dead. If it is illogical to you, then you are spiritually dead. Because they reject it. But to us, who are being saved by God's grace, it is the manifestation of the power of God. For it is written and forever remains written. It is written and forever remains written. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. That is the philosophy of the philosophers. And the cleverness of the clever. Who do not know me. I will nullify. Where is the wise man? That's the philosopher. Where is the scribe? The scholar. Where is the debater? Logical orator of this age. Has God not exposed the foolishness of the world's wisdom? For since the world through all its earthly wisdom failed to recognize God, God in his wisdom was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached regarding salvation to save those who believe in Christ and welcome him as savior. For Jews demand signs attesting miracles and Greeks pursue worldly wisdom and philosophy. But we preach Christ crucified. A message which is to Jews a stumbling block that provokes their opposition and to Gentiles foolishness just utter nonsense. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is what? The power of God 
and the wisdom of God. Anytime you accept Jesus Christ, you are accepting the wisdom of God and the power of God. When Jesus comes into your life, you accept the power of God and the wisdom of God. The world will not understand you. And as you read on and read on and read on, it says that he has taken the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. I pray that today we shall all accept that finished work of Christ on the cross of Calvary. We never deserved it. We never deserved it. It was never meant for you. Bible says he came to his own. By his own received him not. But to as many that believe on him, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. The power to become the children of God. You see, everyone is not a child of God. We are all creatures of God. He created us all. But to qualify as a child of God, as a son of God, you must accept Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you are just a creature. One of the creatures he made. That's what you are. It is Jesus that comes into your life and makes you a child of God and a son of God. It is my prayer for you this day that a cross will mean everything to you. You lay great premium, great importance to the cross. And you accept that work that was done on that cross. You will learn to forgive yourself and you will learn to forgive others because of the cross and that which the Lord did for us. Because from the cross, your sins were justified. You were justified. Yes. Justified means that, in fact, you had committed the crime. You had committed a sin. You did it. You couldn't have defended yourself. Except that we have somebody who has the power of propitiation. Which is the power of atony. The power standing in the gap. We have somebody who got it. And that's Jesus Christ. And because he paid that debt, the judge being God, the devil being the accuser and the prosecutor, and you being the accused and the defendant, and you are brought into the courtroom, and the judge has just taken his seat, and they put you into the, the, the defendant's boot. Stand there and answer your questions. And guess what? The devil was there to accuse you. To point fingers at you. But before you open your mouth, Jesus simply walked to the judge and showed evidence. Evidence in his palms. Here is it. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. The sin that brother committed has been paid. And father looks at it and says, Indeed, it is paid in full. You are acquitted and discharged. You are justified. Justified as if you did not commit a crime. So you walk out of the courtroom as a free man. Not just as a free man. You walk with bodyguards, angels that are surrounding you. And that is all because you gave your life to Jesus Christ. So angels are there surrounding you. You are forgiven. And I can see the devil going hitter scatter, hopping around, hopping around, doing all kinds of things. But you are forgiven. And you walk away. And because we're so much justified, 
out of your justification you also receive sanctification sanctification is the process of growth that comes upon you after your justification that gives you power over the sin it gives you power you are sanctified okay you are sanctified you are becoming like christ like in galatians 4 19 paul says that my little children of whom i travail until christ be formed in you all right i come with birth birth pains always crying that look galatians you are christians you are serving god but jesus is not fully formed in you so i'm praying for you that henceforth you will grow and as you grow you get power over the sin and know that the same thing the same sin by which you were justified now you are sanctified that means that you can see sin all right and say you know something i can live victoriously over sin and out of our sanctification he also gives us glorification he glorifies us that's how he prepares us that on that day when he appears in his glory we shall be like him we shall be like him just as he is so we shall appear you see the reason why the church is still in existence on earth is because the fivefold ministries the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and teachers are supposed to equip the saints for the work of the ministry are you hearing me well so that we all may grow together all right coming to the stature of jesus christ becoming like him no longer being tossed here and there we stand firm in christ that's the reason why we are still here on earth we are not still on earth because there's a heaven that is not ready that we must go no we are here to prepare ourselves to look like him on that day so you are justified you are sanctified and you are also what glorified his glory now reveals in you that's why paul can say that it's no longer i that live but christ that lives in me no longer i it is christ who lives in me for me to live is christ and for me to die is gain it's no longer i when you see me you have seen jesus christ that's when you become a true representative of jesus christ that's where when you are in a place when you are in a place it's as if god is there yes when you are in a place it's as if god is in that place because you carry his nature you carry his power you carry his wisdom remember accepting jesus gives you the power of god and the wisdom of god so you start walking like jesus christ and your life never becomes the same it is my prayer today if you are there you are a christian but you have not walked in liberty you have not walked in freedom the accuser of the brethren is still knocking at your door every day of your life today be set free today receive your liberty receive your freedom yes if you are listening to me today and you are waiting to become perfect you are waiting to become perfect before you accept Jesus Christ I'm very sorry I'm very sorry from Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 we have been saved by grace through faith in Christ not by works lest anyone 
should boast about it. There's nothing you can add to your salvation to make it as if it is by your strength, it's by your wisdom that you got saved. No, the work is finished. Christ said it on the cross, it is finished. You have to add nothing. You don't have to be perfect before you accept Jesus. Just as you are in your sinful state, just come and say, Papa, here is my sins. Please take them and set me free. Take my sins and set me free. And if you do that, definitely you shall be set free. Can you pray this prayer with me at this moment? Wherever you are. Yes, both believers and non-believers pray this prayer because I believe that this prayer is going to set you free. This prayer will set you free. Say, say with me and say it believing, say it by faith. Say, Father, today I fully accept the work you did for me through Christ on the cross of Calvary. My sins of yesterday, my sins of today, and whatever sins of tomorrow, you have forgiven me. The debt has been paid and I accept it. I accept Jesus' work on my behalf. And I declare right now, Jesus, you are my Lord and my personal Savior. Have your way in my life from today to live my life pleasing you. Send the Holy Ghost into my life to guide me, to protect me, to secure me all the days of my life. I thank you, Lord, for accepting me and blessing me. This prayer, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. May your life not be the same. From today, I prophesy, you shall have a new encounter with God. Your relationship with God will be deepened. You will enjoy God more than ever before. You will enjoy, you will enjoy relationship with God more than ever before like a loving father and a loving son a loving father and a loving daughter oh may god show you love from today may you accept his love from right now may your dreams become sweet from today in the name of jesus may you see god as a loving father but not a wicked father may you see god as a loving father and i pray that all the challenges of your life from today may they all become surmountable May you overcome the challenges of your life. I pronounce a blessing over your life. I pronounce peace and serenity over your life in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I declare you are blessed beyond the curse. You are blessed beyond the human comprehension. May God bless you. May God keep you. May God sustain you throughout the turbulent moment of life. God bless you till I come your way again. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.